even if the answer is no, if you build that rapport, if it's in a business scenario and you have the potential to do business with them in the future, even if it's no then, if you build that relationship and that could potentially lead to something later on. Starting or growing your business is hard work. But now you are listening to the Better Business Podcast with me, Steve Cook, and I'm going to try and make it a little easier on you. We on this podcast help you grow a better business with real advice from professionals, and today is no different. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Better Business Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Cook, and today my guest is a man by the name of Matt Lewis. Matt is originally from outside New Orleans, Louisiana, and he recently graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy with a degree in mechanical engineering. He's now located in Pensacola, Florida, and where he's training to become a Navy pilot. Um, in his free time, he enjoys working out, camping, and investing. However, the topic of today's podcast is about the punishment that he's been enduring for the last 100 days where he challenged himself to something called rejection therapy. Matt, tell me what the heck made you do this? So uh, this summer I was watching a video on YouTube. It was a TED Talk and the title was something about rejection and how it's not so bad. And I was like, all right, this seems like an interesting video. So I watched it guy talked about his own journey where he intentionally tried to get rejected every day for 100 days. And this was, I think, back in 2012, he did this. So I saw the video. Uh, after the TED Talk, I immediately went to his YouTube channel, started watching his rejection videos. And I thought, that's really cool. He got to do some cool experiences, looked like he really grew. So I thought that would be something cool that I should definitely do. So uh, from there, I started like the next day. And to keep myself accountable and make sure I didn't quit on my own. I started uploading the videos daily to TikTok. So that's kind of how I got into the series and just finished the hundred days two or three days ago. And you boast like how many people followed you along? Like, did you start collecting over, over time? So, uh, when I started the challenge, I had about 30 followers, just some (laughs) friends that I knew who had the app. We would send each other videos and stuff. And then, uh, after day 100, I ended at 140,000, which is crazy. So, okay. So at some point, first I want to ask you about the TikTok, like that portion of it. Did did one day just like make you explode or was it just kind of a small crawl over time or what what, what made the, the growth and people watching this journey? So there were definitely uh, some major inflection points of videos that boosted uh, my presence, I guess. Uh, so the first few days I would get a hundred views, 300 views on videos. And I remember I'd post it. And then that night I'd be like, wow, 300 people watch this video. That's pretty neat. <laughs> and I think the first day that really took off, it was day 18. I was an extra for a movie and I asked the, uh, I believe it was a production assistant. If I could have like a featured extra role in the movie. And he said, well, I don't have anything right now, but I'll mark your name down on the list. And if anything comes up, then I'll let you know. And they were shooting a scene and he said, all right, I need uh, three people to be kind of around the main character in this scene. Uh, And he picked me first because I had talked to him before, went on set. And then I was actually sitting at a table across from the actor who is the folks that scene. And we were having a fake conversation as the scene started. So uh, I guess it did pay off to ask in that situation. And that was the first video that kind of 
had like hundreds of thousands of views. So I, I posted that during the day when I was on the set of the movie. And then I finished for the night. I go on TikTok and there's like tons of comments and stuff. And I was like, whoa. You see that <laughs> so 99 that plus one. notifications? And you're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> You know, it's serious, then. <laughs> so, okay. So first off, was it like a movie that's out now or is it like still being produced or what is it, what's the movie? Uh, it's still being produced. I don't know exactly when it's supposed to be released. Uh, the weekend that I was on it, I think, was their first weekend of shooting. So it was very early in the process. Oh, um, gotcha. I don't really want to release the name just in case uh, the people you involved get, like, in the trouble? movie get, get mad. that Yeah. Because you're not supposed to really video like on the scene or anything, which I didn't. It was like in the staging area, so there wasn't any oh, gotcha. actors or set in the area. But just don't want to kind of mix in things before the release. So, okay, so just for clarification, you go up to people just kind of explaining to somebody that maybe has no idea what we're talking about. You basically go up to somebody and you say, like, you ask for something extra, you ask for something peculiar, you ask for anything. Do you want to get rejected or is the or is the per was your purpose behind it? I guess obviously there's people might have different reasons behind it, but was your purpose for doing it? Was it to just have the courage to ask or was it to see you know if you could overcome rejection or what so kind of the idea that makes the challenge beneficial for people especially who are kind of like very uncomfortable with the act of being told no is that when you go up to someone and ask for something that you don't really care about like you have no personal tie to it's not emotionally driven if you ask for something kind of meaningless and they say no then it has zero effect on your life whatsoever, but you're getting in the mental repetitions of experiencing a no and you're building up kind of a defense against that. So then in the future, if you do ask for something that you kind of care about and you're told no, you should have the kind of defenses in place to protect against that. So that's just kind of the idea. Um, I basically, when I saw I had 100 days of this challenge ahead of me, I was like, how am I going to think of something to ask for for 100 days, which was probably equally as challenging. Yeah. <laughs> but uh I just kind of thought of things. I was like, okay, what are the main the main restaurants and stores that have signature items that I could ask that would be kind of cool to do? What are some things that I've always thought would be cool that I just are weird to ask for? So I would just write all these down in, in my notes app. And I didn't go into anything expecting a yes. I was expecting to be told for no, no for everything. But there were definitely some days where I was like, if they said yes, this would be a cool experience to have. Um one of those I got to ride on, a, I got to drive a tractor at a John Deere uh, store. So I, that was just like something I was completely expecting to know for, but riding a tractor was pretty cool. So definitely wasn't going in with the expectation of anything, but there were situations that would have been good experiences. And did you, I mean, while you were doing this, did you um, have any like getting it started did you have any days where you're like, oh crap, like you either forgot about it or you like, like, I mean, I'm just thinking like the logistics behind this, like it kind of took a minute to set up and all that. How did you, how did you feel about getting all that set up and doing it day after day after day? So that was <laughs> again, the challenge. kind of the challenge. So some days were easy. I, I tried to do it as much as possible where when I was out and about and like running errands or driving around, I would just kind of look out and see if there was anything to do. Um, one of the reasons why I'm kind of relieved the challenge is over is because 
if it was say a weekend and I had nothing planned and I was just lounging around the house, then I would have to purposefully get in my car and go out to think of something to do. I couldn't just spend a whole day at home. So, uh, it did kind of force me to get out and about. I couldn't just be lazy all the time, but yeah, that definitely was some planning that went in. There were some days where it would be 7 PM and I'd be like, I still need to go do something. So I would go out and knock something out, but that was part of the challenge. And there was some times where it was a little close and some were pretty late at night. And not only was it like you had to get up and go do that, you were going to get rejected or ask something weird or odd or whatever. So like, that's like double challenge. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, you know, the podcast is catered toward business owners and stuff like that. When you think about a small business owner or somebody that's in business or, or trying to improve their job or their career, would you recommend something like as drastic as this, or would you recommend something, you know, something maybe shorter than this, or, or would you recommend this to somebody to do or try? Oh, I don't know if necessarily you have to embrace a whole hundred days in a row of it. I don't think that doing it every single day would necessarily be the most productive use of time, especially if you do have to force yourself to go out of your way to do things like that. But just if an opportunity presents itself throughout the day or, you're at a restaurant, like there's, you know, the answer is going to be no, but say, Hey, can I get 10% off the bill? Answer's going to be a no, but there's no reason why you can't just ask. There's no negative outcome that's going to come from it. No one's going to come arrest you for asking for a discount. Like things like that are very easy that you have no emotional tie to, but it'll build up that repetition of being told no. And the guy that actually did the Ted talk, his name's Ja, he, uh, did the, challenge because he was trying to start his own business and he's an entrepreneur. So he was trying to get used to being told no for things to kind of uh, build up his confidence in the business world when he would be asking for things that way. Have you reached out to him at all and just told him like, Hey, I did this, like, thanks for giving the, you know, or anything like that. I thought about it. I haven't yet. I still might reach out and say, Hey, uh, I loved your video and I did it myself. Here's a link. If you want to check out some of my videos, but uh, I haven't yet. I, it's a good idea. Um, so in all of these challenges, like I know there's a a hundred, but you had to have some things that stuck out in your mind was that were very hard to overcome. Um, whether it's getting up and getting the courage to go do something, whether it was just getting off your couch and going to do it, was was it the first day? Was it day, you know, when you got in the nineties or what, what was the hardest thing to overcome? So there's a few things that I can think of offhand. Um, the first was definitely the beginning. So I am naturally a pretty introverted person. I'm not the biggest fan of going and talking to new people or walking up to strangers for any reason, really. So it was a pretty big hurdle the first couple of days to just actually walk up to someone and not only start the conversation, but ask for something <laughs> kind of dumb. So that was my first hurdle was just the, the constant interacting with new people. Then I kind of got used to that. I found a framework of the intro that I would open up with. So that kind of became second nature. Then the challenging parts would become things an that intro, I asked An intro for. to what? To to a person you were talking to? Right. So I would, I would go up and say, hey, excuse me, I have a quick question for you. Something along those lines. So okay. at first I didn't even have that down. I just kind of walk it up and I was like, hey, uh, can Stumbling I? Stumbling all over yourself. With the question and it was super weird. But I started to get in the, the rhythm of that. Uh, then the challenge became if I was to ask for something that had a large group of people involved, not necessarily that if I was told yes, I would be in front of a large group of people. It was more of asking in front of a large group 
So something that comes to mind is I went into a nail salon and I asked if I could do the, the I saw nail that technician's one. nails. And I, that wouldn't have been necessarily hard for me if it was just like one person standing at the front. The guy goes and gets other people, right? Yeah, but there yeah. were there were other people in the store. It was real quiet. Like they brought someone else in and I had to ask again and now everyone's watching me. So one-on-one, I found that that started to get pretty easy to ask for things. But then another big challenge, I guess, that is more uh, a bigger issue is if you're facing rejection in front of other people, then that embarrassment factor and kind of like the uncomfortable of multiple people starts to set in. So that was probably the challenge for those days. What else did you learn about getting to a yes? Was it was it kind of rushing the process? Was it something you said? Was it some the way you put it? What, what like you had to have learned some things that you could tell like you could steer it in a direction to you, I mean you're selling basically is what you're doing. How could you get people to say yes to the the weird things that you're asking? Yeah, so there's probably three or four things that I could pinpoint that definitely increased the odds. One, some things were just uh, a game of numbers. So for example, uh, the last day for I was trying to raise donations for the Pensacola Humane Society, I knew that if I was trying to raise $100, I was never going to get one person to give me a $100 bill. That was not even in the thought process. So I knew I was going to be talking to hundreds of people, if not a thousand people. So when you're playing the game of numbers, rejection is a hundred percent a guarantee that you have to just hey, get and, through enough times to outline that goal. one, Matt, you were trying to raise, was it, it you were trying to raise up to a hundred dollars for the humane society, right? On the street, right, Michael, I, I yeah. went out on the street of Pensacola downtown. I had a sign and a basket and I said, Hey, would you like to donate a dollar to the Pensacola humane society? And then took about three hours and I hit the hundred dollar mark. So I ended up reaching that goal. So a lot of times it was just a game of numbers, talk to enough people with that persistence and don't, just get discouraged and quit after the first couple knows that will lead to success. Uh, when it was more of a one-on-one request, if I was originally told no, asking them why, that was a big deal because a lot of times it didn't really have something to do with me. It was like a previous experience they had. If we could talk through that and reassure them that I was not going to do the same thing, then that ended up turning into a yes. An example of that, I went to a, a golf driving range and I asked to drive, or ride with the, the ball picker, which is the little cart that drives and picks up all the golf balls and people try to hit you with the golf ball. So I thought that would just kind of be fun to ride in. Originally, the answer was a loud no. And I said, oh, well, why is that? He said, well, I had an employee who was a teenager and he brought his friend out and they were riding it around and they broke it. And then I had to pay a lot of money to fix it. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not like a crazy teenager, not trying to break anything. I just thought it'd be fun to ride in. And then we ended up talking for a few minutes and then I ended up getting to do it. So finding out the reason why a lot of times it's not personal, it's not about you. So if you can address those things, it will lead to a yes. And then um, another thing is if the original thing is no, then you can ask for something else in exchange. So you might not have gotten what you originally wanted, but if there was something else that could be agreed upon, that is a way to come out of the situation with something. So that's not necessarily getting exactly what you wanted, but that's still negotiating and finding a solution. And then just a general principle overall is taking an interest in the other person, kind of building the rapport, starting to chit chat a little bit, even if the answer- Before you asked or like you asked and then just started talking after that? So I typically would just talk after because just for the sake of the challenge in the video, it was- much more time efficient to just go in, ask, get told no. And then after that, depending on the situation, I would then ask questions like, how long have you been doing this? How do you like it? Just 
because at that point I was not necessarily trying to persuade them. I was just kind of trying to get a meaningful connection out of the interaction and kind of learn something new. So sure. Um, that's even if the answer is no, if you build that rapport, if it's in a business scenario and you have the potential to do business with them in the future, even if it's no, then if you build that relationship and that could potentially lead to something later on. So let me ask you this. Did you, I know like at least in that Ted talk, the guy said that he didn't tell people like why he, you know, you didn't walk up to somebody and say, Hey, I'm trying to do a hundred days of rejection, blah, blah, blah. Um, obviously that would kind of defeat the purpose. Um, but did you, um, I'm assuming you kind of stuck to that same thing. And if yes, did you ever tell people, you know, like after the fact or whatever, like, why are you asking, you know, like, did you ever like, did anyone ever, you know, ask about that? So I never told anyone ahead of time that I was doing this for a challenge or anything. The only person that I told in the entire hundred days, what I was doing it for, um, I was an American Eagle. I asked to be a live mannequin and the, the employee actually said, well, you can't be a mannequin, but you can put on the clothes and we'll take pictures of you for the Instagram. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. So we took the pictures and everything. And uh, a lot of times people will ask me why I'm asking things. And my response would be, oh, I'm just doing it for fun. Or I'm doing like a, a personal project where I'm seeing what the outcome of this would be like a social experiment kind of deal. But I would never say, oh, I'm videoing this for a rejection series. Cause I want you to tell me now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So at the end of the the American Eagle rejection day, I didn't say I was doing it for a rejection challenge, but I said, yeah, I'm doing this for fun, but I'm also just trying to ask for new experiences every day and see what happens. And I, you told me yesterday, so that was the closest I came. But besides that, I never explained the project to anyone. That's so funny. Um, and if you, if you remember, um, you know, back over the last, hundred days. Do you, what is, what are some of the most awkward moments that, that stand out to you that were just so awkward? The nail salon one was one of the, the ones high up there. That I was... remember watching that and I got like, um, almost like not sick to my stomach, but I was like anxious watching it because I was like, Oh dude, he's going to get this other guy. Like, just tell him no and let him leave because he wouldn't let you leave. It's like, no, 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 let me go ask or whatever. And I could just, I like, I was feeling anxious just watching that. He was going to get more people into it and everyone was staring at you like, oh. Yeah, that one. And then uh, another one that's fresh in my mind because it was day 99. Um, a lot of people had commented on the videos and said, you should ask to get a matching tattoo with a stranger. Um, so I was not in the, the market for a real tattoo so i i got some <laughs> temporary fake tattoos and i was uh in the parking lot of a restaurant and i was like i want to knock this out now i don't want to have to go back out later today and try to find somewhere to do this so i just sent it so i asked uh a couple that were by their car they said no so i said all right i'm going to try the persistence thing give it another go there was a large group in a line in front of the restaurant I went and asked, everyone just kind of stared at me. No one really said anything. And I was like, yep, here's that, uh, <laughs> that awkward group deal again. Uh, and then I asked one more guy when I was walking back to my car and three times, three strikes I was out. I wasn't going to keep trying to ask people for that. Uh, yeah. When I saw you kept going to more people, I was just like, dude, stop. Like just go to one. <laughs> you've done your, you've done your rejection. Just go on. Oh man. I like felt sorry for you. Um, so in a, in a perspective, like from a business owner or somebody in a business, do you think that there's something you can take away from that? Um, trying to sell to a large group that 
I felt like you you got worse answers in large groups too. Um, when you kind of like singled someone off, it seemed like you know if you're talking to someone one on one, like they I don't know if they listen to you more or in a large group people are more apt to reject you or what did you how do you feel about that? So um, I don't have an exact scientific answer to that, but something that it kind of makes me think of is the bystander effect where if someone witnesses something and they're the sole witness, they're more likely to act or do something in response to it. But if there's a large group of people, everyone assumes the other is going to take that action and doesn't do anything. So I think if you do have a one-on-one engagement, it's much more likely the person will respond because they feel compelled to. Whereas if it's a large group of people, everyone's like, I'm just in a group. I don't have to say anything. So I think that's one of the reasons why there was a large rejection rate in that sense. Yeah, that's an incredible observation. I think that's that seems super accurate as far as you know some of the videos that I watched of yours. Um, what about people that got mad? Was there any people that like got mad at you for asking something, or you know, kind of almost like took offense or anything like that? I think there was only one. For the most part, everyone did not really have a problem. They were either excited to try to help me out, or they just said no and didn't really care and probably thought I was stupid, but it was one day, it was very, it was towards the very beginning, probably the first week, uh, I went to a gym and I asked if I could get a free personal training session in exchange for giving the personal trainer an hour of my time. And it turns out that the first gym I went to, the, the camera did not record. So the video that's posted was my second attempt at that. And now the second attempt went way better than the first attempt. The first attempt, I talked to the manager. I said, hey, is there a personal trainer around? She said, no, I'm the manager. What do you need? And I was like, well, see if I could get like a free personal training session. And then I would give them an hour of my time, whatever they would want to talk about, like something finance or investing related. And then she seemed like personally offended by the fact that I said that. And then she was like, did not understand Then another employee at the gym walked by. And then she was like, or the employee said, hey, what's going on? She said, can you believe this guy is trying to get a free personal training session out here? We don't do that, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was like, all right, well, I'll leave, like, no problem. <laughs> and then the guy, the other employee uh, said, hey, come to my office, full talk. So he brought me to the office. He said, what are you looking for? I was like, I explained it again. He said, well, we don't usually do that, but I can walk you around the gym. I could show you like what we have here. If you're looking for a gym to be a part of, like, here's my card. And I was like, all right, well, he flipped the script around and now he's selling to me. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he was definitely more tactful and took advantage of a situation that I presented him versus uh, the woman who kind of, I don't know why, but she took it very abrasively and did not uh, want to accommodate at all. So yeah, the guy did kind of save that interaction, but that was probably the one negative experience I had. That's crazy. I can't believe someone would be, you know, it's a, old school classic bartering um deal that's insane that uh somebody would have taken offense to that but who knows maybe she's having a bad day huh uh, and it's probably a good thing that my camera didn't record that that i had to go do it again <laughs> <laughs> oh man so okay so you're talking to people that um sell or have businesses and rejection is something that everyone has an opinion on, whether it's cold calling or selling or whatever it might be. Um, everyone has an opinion on it one way or the other. Oh, I hate that. Or, Oh, I love it or whatever. Um, and surely you had, um, you know, an opinion on it when you started and I'm sure it's evolved over time, but what is something that you hear people talk about rejection or you hear people talk about selling that almost, and you believe something completely opposite that no one, no one agrees with you about. Well, I don't 
So when I think of rejection, I think most people would agree that logically it's not bad. Like it's just a part of life. You don't always get what you ask for and that's perfectly fine. But I think uh, living that way and acting throughout your day that rejection is perfectly fine is a much different ballgame. I think most people do try to put themselves in situations where they won't face that, which makes sense. That's just like a natural thing to avoid any stress where you can. But uh, it does also limit the things that you're able to do and the opportunities that you have. Um, an example of this. So my my perspective has kind of changed because I all along, even at the beginning, I was like, yeah, rejection's not like a big deal. It's it's a part of life. But I still was not actively putting myself in situations where I would face rejection readily. So I guess I wasn't living the the logic there. But since uh, starting, I have evolved. And in my day-to-day life, I've thought, oh, do I want to ask for this? Or does this, would this help me out later on? And in a situation I normally would probably have said no in the past, I was like, I'm just going to ask, because why not? So um, I found that in the past couple months, I have gained new mentors. Because when I met new people and talked to them, I said, hey, can I uh, like help you out and then learn from you along the way? And then I've actually gained a mentor uh, that way that's... I think is going to make a pretty big impact in my life. So I'm glad I've had this experience to build at that moment there. Do you feel like you're, so, you know, I kind of equate rejection to working out. Like you can get more used to it. Um, and you know, it's easier and easier to go to the gym, but, um, at the end of the day, like it's still hard to go, right? Like (laughs) it's still not, it doesn't make it easy necessarily. Do you feel like now that you've gone through a hundred days in a row, um, that you are more apt to, to ask for things or, or not be scared of rejection that you'll do it more? Or do you feel like you can kind of quickly fall back into the slump like you were before? Uh, I would like to think that I'll, I'll keep it up. I think I do have kind of a mindset shift there. And um, for the gym analogy, yes, every time you go to the gym, you're still going to be struggling the same amount. But ideally, the more you go the, the more weight it's going to take you to face that same struggle. So uh, I would like to think that the majority of the small things that I asked for that I wouldn't have before, I think that's going to be a, a permanent stick because I think I've built my level up to where that is no longer the challenge. The challenge, the bar has been raised. So it will probably still be difficult for me to ask for bigger things. But I would like to think that for a majority of day-to-day things that I might want to ask for, I will continue to just throw it out there. What are some common, any other uh, takeaways that you took away from this that you didn't expect um, to take away at the beginning? Well, I didn't think that I would get to have done as many things as I did. So um, I thought the rejection rate would have been a lot higher. So I guess a big takeaway is don't count yourself out or, or don't make assumptions for other people. So if you don't ask, you have basically made the assumption that they have already said no. Whereas if you do ask, now that it's in the other person's court, they then think for themselves. But if you don't even ask the question, you have done the negotiation for both of you and you've decided the answer is no. So you'll be surprised how many times the answer is not no and you do get to experience something new or get what you were originally wanting. It's not only good uh, business advice, that's kind of good life advice as well to people that I think that was, man, some of the stuff that I seen that people would say, yes, I was just like, what? Okay. I got to say one of my funniest, the hardest that I ever laughed. Um, 
<laughs> was when you went to the, I don't know if it was like a fast food chain or what, but you asked for, I believe it was a fry refill or a burger refill yeah. or something. And the guy bought you a <laughs> burger because he felt bad for you. Tell that story. Yeah. So I was, uh, this is actually when I was traveling from uh, Maryland down to Florida and stopped at a McDonald's to get a quick lunch on the drive. And I had early in the series asked for a burger refill and was rejected. And then I saw a video on TikTok of a guy walking back from the counter with like overflowing fries out of a container. And the caption was, he asked for more fries or something. So I was like, okay, I gave the burger one a shot. The fries might be more realistic and I'd have a better chance of them just throwing some more fries in my container. So I went up there, tried that out. Uh, they said, no, nah, they couldn't do that. And I was like, all right, cool. I was like heading out. I was about to throw my my fry container away. And then the guy that was standing in line behind me said, oh, young man, I'll uh, get you some fries. And I was like, no, I don't actually need fries. I was just like just trying to say, I don't I don't need more food. That's okay. Like I'm heading out. And he's like, nope, I'm getting you some fries. So he, <laughs> he added an extra order. He said he likes to do something nice for someone at least once a week and that I was his his good deed of the week. That's so funny. I I'm telling you, I was like laughing out loud. I was like, man, this poor guy, he's just trying to like get rejected. And this guy like drug him back into it. That was so funny to me. Um, so did you break down the successes, if you want to call them that versus rejections? I did. So, uh, I have a blog called habitual headway and I, in my blog post I've got every single day listed out with a hyperlink to the video and they're color coded rejected versus accepted and the rejected count was 51 the accepted count was 44 and then I categorized five as like in the middle or I wasn't necessarily rejected but I didn't get what I originally asked for so I think there were five that fit into that category that's super cool um and Talk about uh, where where people, if they want to look more into this, where they could find you or um, obviously on TikTok, your handle there and, and t- tell about the website a little bit. Yeah, so my TikTok is at Matt G. Lewis and that's also my Instagram. And then uh, the website is called habitualheadway.com. And the idea for that is I just kind of wanted a place where I could write out my thoughts, post it along the way. So I'm a big believer in trying to improve yourself every day. So this rejection challenge was a way of trying to improve my mentality there. And then I'm also pretty big into investing in finance and trying to reach financial independence by the time I'm out of the military, which should be 10 years from now. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty young. So I think there's some people out there that might be able to relate with my journey. And I kind of just want to document it along the way. So that's kind of my idea with that. What's next for you, Matt? Any, any other challenges or, or studies or anything like that? Uh, we'll see. I haven't solidified anything yet, but I might try to start something up in the next couple of days. And then uh, in a couple of months now, I'll actually get into the, the pretty intense parts of flight school. So I'm going to be pretty booked up with learning to fly planes at that point. So I might have to take a little, little break from social media in a couple <laughs> months, but we'll see if something else comes up in the next week or so. So one final question. Um, I like to ask all my guests at the end um, of each episode, what they would tell somebody if they had to boil down all the advice they had in business or whatever it might be. But obviously you have an incredibly unique perspective around this idea of being okay with rejection um, or getting used to rejection, I guess you could say. Um, 
So if you had to boil all the advice that you got from all this rejection and boil it down to um, tell somebody that is a small business owner and um, that could help somebody that's maybe plateaued in their business or maybe somebody that's just starting out in their business, what would you tell somebody? Um, I would say just be proud of what you're doing. Like, you know that you're undertaking something you're passionate about and you care about. So don't be afraid of rejection from your peers or your friends. Cause I think that might be a big roadblock that I could personally see me facing is I've got this idea that I'm passionate about, but I might be hesitant to share it because I'm don't want to be rejected from that approval or the support of my friends and family. So that might be something, but just push ahead, be proud of what you're doing. Um, and then in the sales realm, just ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is you're exactly where you started if you didn't ask at all. And um, a lot of the times, if you're cold calling or doing stuff like that, you will probably never talk to the person again. So again, what's the worst that can happen? You're not going to, it's not going to be that awkward interaction that you have to pass them every day at work. It's going to be either you succeed or you're back to square one. Yeah, they... Uh... And if you are going to get rejected, make sure it's in front of one person and not a big group of people because that's obviously way worse. <laughs> Limit the embarrassment there. <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for being on, man. I uh, I can't thank you enough. And and uh, I thank you for um, doing this. It was, it was uh, I mean, I don't use this word lightly, like inspirational and um, motivating to see somebody that was um, trying to develop themselves and, and, you know, have this idea of self-improvement and trying to challenge themselves to just becoming a better person, whether that's, you know, being rejected or business or whatever it might be. Um, it was fun to watch your challenge. Like I said, I watched it from, I think in your day thirties or something like that. So I, uh, I sure appreciate you doing all of it. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on here. I enjoyed talking with you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Better Business Podcast with me, your host, Steve Cook. You know, starting or growing a business is hard work, so I hope that today's advice made it just a little bit easier for you. We'll be sharing more about this exact topic all this week on my social platforms. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, or if you would like to get a, a personalized blog post from me on this topic, you can join my email list and I will send you an email once a week. You can check the show notes to subscribe to that or find me on my website, whatever's easier for you. Now get out there and go grow a better business with this advice from today's Real Pros. Thank you for listening.